You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Pucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. Good morning, hockey fans. Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, a brand new Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty in Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games, practices, and storylines from your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week, including some fun mini-sodes where Kaylee and I give you behind-the-scenes access to practice and morning skates. We call that fun one Pucks and Bolts After Skate. You don't want to miss these episodes, and the best way to not miss any of these episodes is to download the Odyssey app, hit that auto-download button, and have all of those episodes just sitting there waiting for you. Other good news, guys, is that you can stream Pucks and Bolts on any of your favorite streaming platforms, so be sure to share with friends, family, and all hockey fans that you know. I am Casey Hudson, joined by my co-host Kaylee Mizell, and it's time for us to get into a brand new episode of Pucks and Bolts. Good morning, Kaylee. Good morning. Happy Monday. You know, it's interesting because the Lightning usually don't have Monday games, but they have for the past two weeks. And Mm -hmm. I don't hate it. I don't hate my week starting off with Lightning hockey. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So they're they're an extra to the day. Yeah. 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 It adds a little extra something, right? (laughs) Um, So they'll go up to Buffalo, take on the Sabres today. uh, who are also in the Atlantic Division. Uh, the Sabres mm-hmm. are sitting at seventh in the Atlantic Division right now, um, and the Lightning are at fourth, which, Casey, um, I guess we should get into the breakout, but but for yeah. a little bit of Kaylee's Corner, I kind of want to talk about, um, you know, just like where the Lightning are at at this point yeah. in the season. Teaser, because first we have to get into the breakout. <laughs> um, Way to leave them hanging, Kaylee, because I'm over here like, yep, let's talk about it. <laughs> we, we will circle back uh, to that because there, there's some decent news in the breakout. Um, first and foremost, yesterday the guys had practice before they flew out to Buffalo. I always want to call it New York of some sort, even though it, it is. It's it just is Buffalo, nobody, New York. I know, but nobody just- says New York, so... I always throw myself off there. So the guys fly out to Buffalo after practice yesterday. Uh, everybody was on the ice except for Rudy Balsters and uh, Pierre Bellamar. I always want to say his whole name, but it's it's a mouthful. Um, so they were not at practice. Thank you. They were not at practice. As you guys know, uh, Belly has been on a leave of absence for personal reasons. And Coach Cooper did mention the fact that he will be joining the team on this road trip. So they didn't say specifically if it would be tonight's game or if it would be versus Boston tomorrow. But either way, Belly should be joining the team shortly. With that said, uh, Barry Boulay was still a part of practice and rotating in on that third line yesterday in practice. So that's the most update. Um, 
I know that Kaylee and I discussed the fact that Perbix and Kepke were not in the last game, but they were on the ice. They were practicing. They look totally yeah. fine. So maybe we will see them resurge this evening versus a Buffalo Sabres team that they will be facing now for the second time this season. So. Yeah. Yeah. Football. So we'll see yeah, them. I would think so. But the and only plus, guy like, I'm excited out. to see Perbix get back on the ice. Yes, I'm very excited. I mean, he's we've we've raved about him quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, Casey, the only guys that are then listed as out due to injury right now are uh, Rudy Balsers and Anthony Sorelli. But we talked mm-hmm. about it in the last episode. Anthony Sorelli is he's about he's out there on the ice, and I think that he's on his way back into uh, getting into action. So that's mm-hmm. really really exciting as well. Yeah. Uh, any more news from our breakout? Um, no, for the most part, that's it. As you confirmed, the the, the two outs there. And then um, let's see, Thursday, as of Thursday, Coach Cooper said that within the next few weeks, and it's funny because Kaylee had a funny conversation with Bellamar um, like two or three weeks ago of, <laughs> as the definition of few and couple. So a oh, few yeah. weeks, Coach Cooper said that Anthony Sorelli is a few weeks from returning on the ice. Um, which according means, to belly, that means three, right? A few is so, three, a couple is two. So specifically, I but, asked um, belly if I could ask him a few questions, a few questions, and he said, Okay, that's three. And I was like, I didn't specify a number, right? And he, and he said, Well, in Amer-, he said, an American, a, a few always means three. And I was like, You're not even American, right? How I mean, do you since when? Like, we say a few when we're just trying to like. Who do you somebody get to into <laughs> Yeah. He gave us, he gave Kaylee the definition as if like, this is how it is by standard. So you have three questions. <laughs> and then Kaylee tries to keep it to three and it's like anything else. And Kaylee's like, well, I only have three questions. Yeah. He so told me. permitted. Yeah. He said, I, he said that, that I could only ask three questions. So I asked three questions at the end. I said, okay, that's my three. And he said, you asked more than three. And I said, no, I no. didn't. And he said, <laughs> He goes, well, you were saying like, uh-huh, and that's right. And I was like, Belly, that's <laughs> called active listening. <laughs> Engaged in As conversation with you. Gosh, that, that'll that never get out of my head. So now when I hear a couple and a few, it immediately goes back to that conversation. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I feel like the fans needed that story. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I just realized too, when, when mentioning it, like we never told it. So we yes, never told that. that story. <laughs> we have interactions like these, uh, you know, with the players, with the coaching staff all the time, you know, being there, like being, being on the scene. And they're funny guys. They're, I mean, their their wow. personalities are so funny. They're so big, um, <laughs> and so uh, as as time goes on, we'll share more and more stories because Casey just shared one with me today that I thought was pretty funny. Uh, but maybe she'll get to it. Oh, um, remind me about it towards the end. We'll yeah, a, a nice little laugh to to close out with. Um, yeah, exactly. It's, it's been a topic of my life for months now. But again, another teaser we'll leave you guys with. But between the difference from a few to a couple, uh, Coach Cooper mentioned the fact that. Within a couple of weeks, we should be seeing Anthony Sorelli. And I think the timeline was originally uh, December. So it's nice to know that everything is on track. Sorelli has consistently not been in the red contact jersey for uh, over a week now, almost two weeks. So good to see his development. And we're just anxious and excited to see what happens when he gets back into the lineup. You're talking about one of the best two-way players, one of the best four-checking players getting back on this lineup with the team that's starting to find their rhythm. And uh, speaking of rhythm, I think that 
kind of closes out the breakout and takes us into the Stormwatch versus Buffalo round two. Mm-hmm. It took me a minute to remember that they've played them already. Uh, the season, it's just the hockey season comes in so quickly. It feels slow at first, and then all of a sudden it takes off. So fun things about hockey. But um, as mentioned, the Lightning have already faced off versus the Sabres. They hosted them a few weeks ago, beating them 5-3. to three. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing that I'll lead with in this storm watch Kaylee and um, then I have to hear this corner of yours is the fact that I think this Buffalo game was the turning point of the lightning having third period comebacks Mm. early in the season they were struggling with giving up their leads or you know burying themselves in the third period then they had this turning point where they started to make comebacks in the third period and after revisiting the statistics of this game it was like one goal in the first, one goal in the second, and then three goals in the third period. And so I felt like this was that pivotal game that's like, all right, we can we can not exhaust ourselves throughout the game. We can pace ourselves and punch them, like you say, in the mouth in the third period. And it started with this Buffalo team. I love that you say that. <laughs> yeah, it's like the violent part of hockey coming out in me, which um, <laughs> which I think is fun. And I, I yeah, I, I think – Anyway, that's a whole nother thing before people uh, ask questions. Why do they fight? What's the hell? But it's super strategic. And so, I mean, if anybody who is, is a newbie to hockey and you're like, well, why do I see Pat Maroon out there dropping the gloves? Why? It's very strategic when these guys do. It's not just like they don't hate each other. They don't, you know, a lot of these guys have a lot of respect for each other, Mm -hmm. but it's a part of the game and you can use it strategically to get your team amped up. Um, Actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because I got a chance to talk with some people might recognize her name. Some people may not Google her for sure. I got a chance to interview Allie Courtnall about a year and a half ago. Allie Courtnall is the daughter of Russ Courtnall who played for a couple different teams. Uh, His son is making his way up to the NHL right now. But when Allie and I were chit chatting, she's married to uh, Eric Kendricks on the Minnesota Vikings. But when I got a chance to talk to her, she was telling me how like she balances out football and hockey because she grew up in hockey. She's Canadian, all these things. And now she's married to a football player. Long story short, she was she brought back the fact that like they used to hire enforcers. They used to literally hire guys just to start fights on the team, just to sit there and muscle out other players. And it kind of plays into that mental game that Kaylee and I have talked about here on Pucks and Bolts. But yeah, I just I felt the need to say that because when she mentioned it, I was like, I don't know the last time we knew of a team just hiring a a muscle, hiring somebody to just fight. They don't. Yeah. It doesn't happen as much anymore um, Mm -hmm. because, because the league has changed and you need more than just physicality, but it is still an important part of the game. I think that there's Mm -hmm. like a balance there where, you know, player safety is paramount and people do want to make sure that the players are safe. Um, And so, you know, I, I think that because of that, you know, just having all out brawls on the ice is not, it doesn't happen as much as it used to. Um, but you're still going to see some fights out there. You're still going to see yeah. some physicality. Um, and it's, and it's strategic part of the game. So mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's not for nothing, just throwing that out there. Um, and you know, you mentioned the last time these teams went up against each other, it was actually Brian Elliott in the goal yeah. um, in that game. And so, I would imagine that we're going to see Vassy in gold tonight, um, which obviously they know who Andre Vasilevsky is, but it's one of those things where they haven't seen him this season. And so I think that that could potentially 
be in the lightning's favor. But Casey, to my corner, um, which yes. is kind of all about where this team is at at this point in the season. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that this team is really on a trajectory to move forward. Um, and I say that for a number of reasons. I think that the way that they were able to come out and play after their frustration with themselves in that Boston game yes. um, shows the maturity in this team. Even when you have young guys out there, this team is, is you know, there there is a balance of, you know, older guys and younger guys. And it, it's sometimes a matter of like getting the younger guys kind of, uh, you know, going, going and getting them comfortable, getting them included yeah. in the systems, getting them feeling good about where they're at. And I think that they're at a point where they're really developing some chemistry on and off the ice. The fact that all of these players went over to Zach Bogosian's house for Thanksgiving and they're spending time together outside the, the rink off of the mm -hmm. ice. That's important. It's a really important because when you talk about why a guy like Nikita Kucherov can make a no look pass to Steven Stamkos or Breeden point. Um, it's because he knows them so well on and yeah. off the ice. It's because he can understand their game because he gets what kind of player they are and how they're going to play and where they're going to be. Mm -hmm. And to have that, you do need to have on ice chemistry. That's very yeah. important, but you also have to have some off ice chemistry. You also have to be able to like just chit chat. You have to be able mm -hmm. to just like converse and, and go about things and do the, the, the relationship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you and I talk about it all the time. These guys are humans. And so, when you look at where this lightning team is at, they're six, three and one in their last 10 games. Mm -hmm. They're averaging 3.7 goals in those, in, in that time time span, 6.7 assists, five and a half penalties, 13.6 penalty minutes, and they're giving up 3.1 goals per game. Mm -hmm. So where are you going with this Kaylee? So those are, so those are some numbers. What stands out to me is that, they have a decent amount of goals per game, 3.7. They're only giving up 3.1, still too many. Mm -hmm. um, the 6.7 assists, really great. But I'm narrowing in on the penalties and the penalty minutes. They're taking five and a half penalties over the last 10 games on average, 13.6 mm -hmm. penalty minutes. If you clean up those two things, if you clean up how many penalties you're taking – Yep. So that you have less penalty minutes, you are going to give up less goals, most likely, right? Like yeah. statistically speaking. It's going know? to help contribute to minimizing the team having opportunities. Correct, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're not going to go on the power, uh, the penalty kill. Mm -hmm. uh, the other team's not going to go on the power play. You're not going to give them, you know, that, that you know, um, you're just not going to give them that opportunity. Yep. And so... I think at this point in the season, I see the Lightning are scoring a good number of goals. Yeah. That's good. They're letting in too many goals, but I think a part of that is because of the penalties. Mm -hmm. So if this team, I mean, really to like move from where they are to where they need to be, I would really like the Kaylee's corner is really just focusing on two things. A, 
trim down the penalties. Yep. Cut those down, back those up because in doing so, you're going to allow less goals. And John Cooper always talks about it. It's not about how many goals you score. It's about how many you allow in. Mm-hmm. And you and, and he does not, Casey, you and I have talked about it. He does not like it when his team allows more than two goals. Yep. He doesn't That's like that. Yeah. yeah. He really doesn't like it when they allow three goals specifically. So how do you hone in on that? Take care of some penalties. Mm-hmm. And this this team, this defense is going to continue to mesh together. I mean, John Cooper, Casey, you talked to John Cooper the other day, and mm-hmm. and that's exactly what he said. He said, you asked him, what do you like at this point in this? We're about a quarter way through. What do you like? And they said, I really like how this defense is coming together explicitly mm-hmm. at home. The defense is really coming together, and now is a time where they're going to get tested on the road. So Casey, that's, that's kind of my corner and looking at where this team is at, at a quarter of way through the season, they're in a really good spot and they're in a spot where they can continue building. If they, if they trim up some of the mistakes, if they trim up some of the penalty kills or excuse me, some of the penalties, so they don't have to use the penalty kill as much. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, trim up the penalty kill, get that a little bit better. <laughs> this team is going to be allowing significantly less goals. And I, and I think they're still going to be scoring the same amount. So that goal differential is going to be that much more going into the Boston game. I think that their goal differential was six. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like Boston's was 37. Um, I think that that number is just going to continue to increase for the lightning. I think that that goal differential is going to get better and better. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I think that it's the perfect point for, for bolts fans to hear and, and hockey fans in general, that one goal that you let up on the penalty kill is potentially more than likely that goal that puts them at, you know, three, which is mm-hmm. what Coach Cooper doesn't like, which is what you said. So it is significant and it is crucial. And with this being such a fast paced game that can change within seconds, you know, one goal is significant always because you never know how that's going to play into a win or a loss when that clock runs out. So definitely a great Kaylee's corner. So important. And, you know, and to add to that, Kaylee, like Stammer stands by what you just said. Stamkos likes where the guys are at this point of the season. Uh, So does Nick Paul. I got a chance to talk to both of them yesterday and just kind of say or ask, you know, how do you feel about the trajectory that the team is on at this point of the season? Since Kaylee and I always talk about peaking at the right time with hockey, it's a long season and the team feels good about it. Um, With some of the shuffles that they've had to make with, you know, early injuries and stuff, their ability to adjust and not only adjust, but, you know, to still find enough chemistry to get the job done within those adjustments speaks high volumes to what this team could look like when predominantly healthy and uh, having all those guys. Cause again, we're, we're on the watch for Anthony Sorelli to mm-hmm. rejoin this team and, and pick up where he's left off in terms of building and growing and conducting on this team. So with that said, Kaylee, one of the first things that comes to mind in this storm watch is after that 5-3 success that they had hosting the Sabres, and we know home ice plays a plays a bigger role in success sometimes, it comes back down to who were the key successors or the key leaders in that game. And I don't know if you guys remember, Lightning fans, but it was that first line that was on 
Fuego versus yeah. the Sabres. It was a goal by Cooch, Hagel, Point, Paul, Perbix, and um, assists, three assists from Kucherov alone, two from Hagel, one from Point. So when they weren't scoring, they were setting up, and they just yep. – that was probably one of the main games, one of like three games specifically that Kaylee and I have talked about where that first line was just oh, unstoppable. On I think Brady had two goals in that game. He could, uh, he could have. Yeah. Well, it was, sure five, it was five to three. It was Cooch, Hagel, Point, Paul, and Perbix were the goal scorers. Uh, Cooch with three assists, oh, yeah. Hagel with two. Yeah. yeah. That one. So, he had, yeah, he had the assists and then he had the goal. But mm-hmm. that's one of the one of the main times that we were like, wow, this is one of the most – and Kaylee said it. This might be the most unstoppable line in the NHL oh, depending yeah. on how they continue to go and grow. Well, why do I bring that up? I bring that up because when you have that kind of success versus a team – that you're going to face again. And then the first line played a key role in the win versus the blues on Friday, because they were the one that responded to that goal and um, had the quick shift switches and really allowed the press to be high powered. I mean, that's when Braden point had two goals in the first period coming off of a win like that. And then facing a team that you already dominated as a line. I feel like they kind of, they should have a chip on their shoulder. Humbly, mm-hmm. of course, but they should have a chip on their shoulder to say, yeah, we know how to manage these guys. Now, the Sabres were without one of their key players, but aside from that, they were able to, you know, put up goals. They were able to stay in the ozone. They were able to apply so much pressure, but they were also able to defend quite well for majority of that game. That's one of those games that they were sitting in that 19 to 20 minute time on ice column. I always point that out just because of how quickly they're shifting on and off the ice and then what they tend to be on the ice for in terms of offense versus defense. And all that to say that on the last episode of Pucks and Bolts, Kaylee and I were talking about how Brandon Hagel has continued to just take that next step after next step after next step and how he's starting to kind of learn and add to his game in his own way or put his own swag to it, but he's learning from Kucherov and point adding some really cool parts of their game to his game and making it look easy. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's such a fantastic young player and he's really coming into his own on this team. Uh, he played, you know, uh, on the Blackhawks with some really good goal scorers and, and he played up there on some of their top lines and was able to score. I think 30, it was up there. He had, it, it was, it was pretty significant before he was traded to the lightning. Um, so he is a goal scorer. He is, he's a guy that goes in there and, and, and creates, um, opportunities and the way that he's playing with this top line. He's just, he's like a sponge. He's just absorbing everything yes. that Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point are telling him. And when I specifically asked Braden Point why he plays so well, it, he said it's because he has a really good vision as well. Like mm-hmm. he has really good, you know, uh, hockey IQ and, and the way that he sees the ice is also unique. So it, it comes natural to him. Yes. Um. In this sim- in, in in a similar way that it comes natural to Nikita Kucherov, you know, it's mm-hmm. two guys who just see the ice really well, are able to create space, are able to create movements. Yeah. Um. And so the fact that you have and and this this is a line that not only did they shine in that game, but in the most recent game, um, 
for the lightning, this, this is a team that shine, or this is a line that was able to shine. And so um, you really like to see whenever the, the top line can perform so well, yes. um, they don't need to, again, I, I'll say this again, they don't need to be the only line performing, but when that top line is coming out there and taking care of business, it puts this team in a really fantastic place. It sets a tone. To, yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah, because now that second line is starting to buzz. I mean, Nick yes. Paul is, is – he's been the topic of discussion after every game, win or lose, for two, three weeks straight. He's been a contributing factor. He's extending different kinds of point streaks, and and okay. he's always in the mix. But you can just tell how much he thinks things through and how he translates that as a leader. You know, And it's not this, like, chest-pounding, this is how things need to get done leader. He's such a conversationalist to the point where I feel like there's a level of respect there where the guys want to listen to what he says. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that shifted when he switched into that center position. But, you know, he had the empty netter at the end of the last game. He knows how to help set up the guys for success. And um, sorry, guys, I have a frustrated puppy here. Um, He knows how to set guys up for success. And he also has been a key factor in – Luna, please stop. <laughs> Sorry, guys. He, um, yeah, and he's been getting his own, he's been getting his own tally there, but also, you know, he's started to help gel so much with Alex Kalorn and Steven Stamkos and Stammer and Killer kind of had an edge on their chemistry and relationship, but be able to jump into the mix there and to set up a guy like Alex Kalorn and earn his trust, you know, Nick Paul's the kind of guy that you can put anywhere, but I say all that to say that you're right about the first line setting a tone, but now I think the second line is starting to respond so keenly to that. And you can expect a guy like Nick Paul to do something in a game. And I think that the second line is going to show up and be like, Hey, it's not just about the first line this game. It's it's also going to be about us. And it's going to be very significant too, because to play into your other point, Kaylee, about minimizing penalties and, you know, not putting so much pressure on the penalty kill. Nick Paul's a big guy in, in in that. And he said that it's going to come up to quick switches and they're going to be without potentially be without Bellamar in the penalty kill, which means that's another reason that they don't want to resort to that. They've been playing so well on even strength to where that's where they need to press into their strengths that much more. Keep it at even strength as much as possible. Let these lines get going and spend more time offensively setting up than having to defend the puck for silly mistakes or silly penalties that are just unnecessary. Yeah, Casey, I love that you brought that up because I know we're going to get into some problematic players, but before we do that for the other team, I'm going to mention a problematic player on this Lightning team who I think is about to just go off, and he's on Nick Paul's line. It's Alex Kalorn. Um, Mm -hmm. Alex Kalorn, I think that he's been skating really really well. He scored a goal and and an assist. against the blues he extended his point streak to three games he's recorded points in nine of his last 12 games and he's picked up points in five of his last six contests why is all of that important well a he's offensively producing he's 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 scoring he's getting in the action he's really tallying up a lot of assists casey and Alex Kalorn is on a milestone count, on three milestone counts. And now uh, the guys say that they don't necessarily pay attention to the individual milestones. Alex Kalorn would maybe be a little bit more honest and say that it does <laughs> matter to him and that, and that, you know, being able to pass some of his old teammates and friends 
um, it, it is something that is cool for him. And so speaking of passing some of his old teammates and friends, Alex Kalorn has 419 career points. He needs just four points and that will tie Andre Palat for the seventh most points in Tampa Bay Lightning history. That's insane. What, what else? Well, he needs one game winning goal to pass both Tyler Johnson and on Andre Palat. He'll take sole possession of the sixth most game winning goals in Tampa Bay Lightning history. He currently has 30. So 31 passes Tyler Johnson and Andre Palat. He needs three assists to tie Vinny Prospel for the eighth most assists in Tampa Bay Lightning history. He has 241 assists right now. And like I said, he has had a lot of assists of late. Mm -hmm. uh, he's really been facilitating and setting up plays very, very well. So I think Alex Kalorn is, is just feeling himself and he's going to get ready to go off. He's really going to help this second line succeed. Um, and I'll be excited to see what happens when Anthony Sorelli comes back because they also play together really, really well. And I think that that could potentially yes. just continue to elevate Alex Kalorn's game. It'll be really interesting because, uh, because everything is meshing so well, like to see where they put Anthony Sorelli in because he's such I a good know. player, but also you don't necessarily want to mess up the chemistry that you already have. So it'll be really interesting. I trust this coaching staff and I, and I think that they'll make the right decision on where they're going to put everybody, but it will mm -hmm. be interesting to see. But I think Alex Kalorn's game is just going to continue to um, just show off and, and, and become dominant. So he's my player to watch my problematic player, if you will, for Thank the lightning. I think you I think you hit it on the head there because we also talked about this on the last episode. Alex Horn just has just kind of sneaks in there, you know. Even even last year, all of a sudden it was like, wait, killer's putting up these points, he's scoring these goals, yeah. he's coming in so clutch for this team. And it's not that you don't expect it, it's just the fact that he does it in such a in such an incognito way. Um, we call Nikita Kucherov the ninja, but Alex Kalorn is right there and he shows up in spectacular mm -hmm. moments. And speaking of milestones and maybe another problematic player to watch, and it feels like we always have to mention him, but he's the captain for a reason, guys. Heading into the, the game versus the Blues, Steven Stamkos was, you know, close to tallying up some major milestones of his own. Um, heading into the game versus the Blues, he was on a point streak of five games and continues to creep on major milestones. He was nine goals shy of 500 and seven points shy of 1,000. Well, he collected a point on Friday night. So just imagine with that point added to the tally now, he's six points shy of 1,000. So He actually had another point, Casey. Or two points. Yeah, looking at today's yeah. game notes, he only needs five points to reach 1,000 career points. Five. And that's, yeah. and that's something that – we know that he can minimize that margin tonight versus the Buffalo Sabres. Mm -hmm. So definitely needed to add a uh, captain into the mix there because oh, for sure. He was also on the second line. We're telling you the second line is about to go. He's about off. to do something. There you <laughs> go. It's all coming for a full circle. So first and second line to have themselves a game. Um, and then we will see how the rest of the lines continue to progress and grow, especially adding some guys back into the mix there. Uh, we know Ross Colton was added back to the roster versus the last game. And um, we'll see what happens with Cole Kepke uh, after practicing. You mentioned problematic players, Kaylee, and I think it's time for us to dive in. So round two versus the Buffalo Sabres. And yep. they were without some key guys when they came down to Tampa Bay to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning mm -hmm. uh, in that first round. But 
regardless of I'm actually not going to first mention the player that they were without that first game. The first problematic player I have to mention is Tage Thompson. He had an assist last game versus the Tampa Bay lightning and would well, weirdly had a more silent role in that game. But when you look at this guy statistically and what he's done since that first game versus Tampa Bay, he has 12 goals, 13 assists, 26 points, but it's this 97 shots that he has put up one of the top amount of shots in the league at 97. So you're talking about somebody who is just really taking in the opportunity that he can possibly get to push that puck forward and try to put it on the net. And while we know that Andre Vasilevsky may likely be in goal tonight and he likes to not get bored in the net and he likes having that pressure on him, he says it keeps him on top of his game to have shots being placed. Um, Tate Thompson's going to be one of those guys to do it. And he's coming off of a bit of a hot streak too. So it's one of those moments where he's either going to sink or swim. He's going to build off of his success or he's going to completely be silenced in this game. And what I like about Tampa Bay lightning is that when they do focus on staying within the structure and their game, while this might be a problematic player, they're not going to overly try to defend him. They're going to play their game to a point to where he doesn't exist or he's his role is minimized because they're playing so sharply. So 97 shots. Um, Tage Thompson's the first guy that we need everybody to keep an eye out for on the ice there. The second one would be uh, Rosmus Dalhini. Uh, he was out versus the Lightning in that first contest. So this is going to be an adjustment for them because while they may have watched some film and, and prepared for him, him not being in the game did play a key role. Um, Because like we said, it was a tight contention in that first and second period and the Bolts took off in the third. So having Dalini in here from the beginning, eight goals, 15 assists, 23 points, plus nine on the ice. So when he's not scoring, something else Kaylee and I talk about, he is helping distribute the puck and set his team up for success. But the other big thing that we've got to look out for here isn't the goals, isn't the assists, isn't the plus minus column for him. It's the 30 penalty minutes that he has racked Mm. up. Kaylee said at the top of the segment in Kaylee's corner, this is a team that cannot be severely penalized. They have to minimize their penalties. They have to stay off the penalty kill. And it's going to be uh, Delaney that's going to try to force them to be on the PK as much as possible. He's going to be an antagonist. Something else we talk about a lot here on Pucks and Bolts. 30 penalty minutes is a lot. And I know some people might be like, well, that means he's going to be in the box. Yeah, but depending on how he racks up those penalties, we're looking at a lot of four on four versus, you know, anything else. Because if he antagonizes someone or flusters them or, you know, baits in a player, both of them are going to the box. So that's going to be a crucial thing to Kaylee's point that this team has already addressed. And after practice yesterday, they need to minimize the penalties. They need to stay off the penalty kill. As if they do end up on the penalty kill, they need to take that next step. Nick Paul said that they have to get better at switching out their lines. Um, he feels good about what they're doing on faceoffs and how they're growing there. He feels better about their progress on breakouts, but it's just the fact of like those quick switches and communicating on their reads. Because when you're switching that quickly, everybody needs to know their assignment just as fast as they hit the ice. So we don't want to see that play out just yet, especially with a player like this. But those are my top two problematic players. You've got a guy that can put up points just as much as he adds to those penalty minutes, but then you also guys have a guy that can put up so many shots. And when you're wearing down a guy like Andre Vasilevsky, you're applying pressure to this defense. Eventually pucks find the net and we don't want that to happen for the lightning tonight. Yeah. I'll add one guy to that. And it's just because he seems like he's been kind of hot of late Alex touch. He's had three goals, eight assists over the last 10 games. 
Um, so he's a guy that that has been playing well for this team. He currently has 21 points, so not far behind Tage Thompson um, in, in what he's doing. He has a total of 10 goals and 11 assists on this season. But Casey, I'm going to hone in exactly on what you said, which was you mentioned special teams. Now, whenever I was I was kind of debating what to do for Kaylee's corner. And so I ended up going with like a little bit of a bigger picture. But I also have a little bit of a maybe mini corner, if you will, on on the special teams and what it looks like against Buffalo. Now, Buffalo sits at number five in the mm-hmm. NHL in power play, like in how many goals they have scored on the power play. They have 21 yep. goals on the power play. Again, that's number five in the NHL, but just behind them are the Tampa Bay Lightning at number six. They have 20 goals in uh, in the uh, in their time for this season on the power play. So, mm-hmm. The biggest difference in this is that um, the Sabres have just two goals against, only two shorties, whereas the Lightning have allowed five shorties. So obviously it's something that they need to protect against. But Casey, looking at a few more numbers, looking at the penalty kill, uh, this Buffalo Sabres team is, is pretty strong on the penalty kill. In fact, they have only allowed excuse me, actually, they're not very strong in the penalty kill. They're they're in the top 10 of being, like, bad. They've allowed 18 goals, which is number nine and, like, the most goals allowed. Mm-hmm. They've scored three goals shorthanded. So it, have, giving up a shorty is something that the Lightning need to be cautious of. Right. But this is – while this Buffalo team can score a lot on the power play – They also don't defend all that well on the penalty kill. So if the Lightning do find themselves on the power play, they need to take advantage. But the penalty kill is potentially going to be tested tonight Mm -hmm. um, because this is a good Buffalo team, especially, again, on uh, the power play. Like I said, number five on the power play. And And they're going to want those opportunities. Yeah, exactly. And then in terms of penalty kill, again, they rank number nine in the most goals allowed on the penalty kill. So a a really good thing to take advantage of. Not that you Mm want to have a ton of minutes in the penalty box again. (laughs) Watch my first Kaylee's Corner. That's not going to be helpful to you. But uh, if you do find yourselves on the penalty kill, you need to be really tight because this is a team that has gone on and scored. Mm-hmm. And um, and you mentioned him, Tage Taunton actually leads the the team in five power play goals. So mm-hmm. again, it's just you just have to be careful for this team because while you know in their last 10 games, they're mm-hmm. two, eight, and oh, and only mm-hmm. averaging three goals. They have strong parts of their game, and the power play is a strong part of their game. So the Lightning need to be careful about how many penalties they take and not really letting this Buffalo team um, be able to to put them in a position where they they have to play a man down. You want to play this Buffalo team five on five because that is where they don't 
perform very well. And that is where, the, as the Lightning, you guys are performing pretty well. So, Casey, I just talked a lot. I just kind of gave some some <laughs> insights. But I want to hear from you. What are some Casey's keys? As we You led me right into it so perfectly, Kaylee. Thank you. Um, so, actually, my number one key is keep it to five on five. After talking with Coach Cooper, Stammer, and Nick Paul yesterday, Post-practice, it was apparent to me that while the PK is slowly coming together, they don't want to be on the PK. They have started to create more chances on the power play, but if there's anything that the guys have consistently said as a whole from five-on-five to special teams is the fact that they've got to minimize those passing. They have to take those shots from the blue line. They have to be more proactive and and putting up shots and not overpassing. This team is known to kind of overpass a little bit. So it's finding that balance between being cute, which the players said, like, not being too cute, but also not overpassing. So my first thing is keep it on five on five. You want to apply to your strengths here. And so uh, key number one, keep it a five on five, minimize those penalties, stay off the penalty kill and stay off the power play. And if you have to be on the power play, execute as Kaylee just so perfectly mentioned there, you have an opportunity versus this Sabres team. Uh, Number two key on Casey's keys here is keep the press going and make smart shots. So mm. if they happen to have goaltender Craig Anderson in between the pipes, he's coming off of a season high of 41 saves versus a dominant New Jersey Devils team. That team presses, 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 presses. They had their 13-game win streak snapped by Toronto last week on Wednesday. And so I can only imagine the aggression that they played the Buffalo Sabres with. While the Sabres kept in this contest 3-1, to one, it's that goaltender that made that happen. And there's nothing more frustrating than seeing so many setups, so many opportunities, and the pucks not land. Kaylee has talked about that so much about how, you know, it's the quality of the shot over the quantity sometimes. So that's where the smart shots come in. You know that you're potentially going to face a goaltender who can create massive shutdowns. You're going to have to be strategic about those shots. Don't overpass. Take the shot. Be smart about it. Hit those corners. You know where where and how to take those shots. They need to find the best way to set up and do that versus Anderson if he's in goal. And then regardless, they've had pretty strong goaltending throughout the season. So that press that we saw them apply versus the St. Louis Blues for just about 60 minutes of hockey on Friday, they need to have that same mentality and then some versus the Sabres team who want to collect a win on their home ice after losing to the Bolts uh, here in Tampa Bay. So number two is keep the press going and make smart shots. Number three, Coach Cooper talked about this yesterday, but we've also talked about it here on Pucks and Bolts, guys. It's controlling the middle of the ice. It's not allowing a team to force you outside side and take away the middle of the ice from you because then you have to re readjust your your structure when this team plays within their structure they're such a strong team uh i got a chance to talk to ed and cena at practice kind of asking him some questions about remarks that the guys made post game on monday and he was saying that what's so strong about the boston bruins is the waves that they come in so once the first set of guys go to take those shots, if the shot's not successful, you already have the next pressure point coming in to clean up that rebound and try to take the shot yet again. So it's these waves of continuing to, as I said it, um, clean up the garbage. But that's a girl who's watched a little too much Mighty Ducks in her life. But <laughs> when they dump the trash on the thing and they clean up the garbage, it's, it's a real thing. So it's after the penetration, trying to get those rebounds and continue to apply that pressure. But you can only do that with 
with your success in the middle of the ice because that's where you start setting up the play. That's where your lines start coming in cohesively to see, all right, where's this puck going to go from here? So control the middle of the ice. Coach Cooper had the guys working on that the last two practices significantly um, and not allowing teams to force them outside. And if they do end up outside, they have to build a wall that allows them to control the game to get back to the center of the ice. So three keys, minimize penalties and stick to five on five. Second key, keep the press going. Smart shots are going to be your best shots and control the middle of the ice. It's your game to control. It's your structure to stay within. And if they do that, it's this game. This is the game that the Bolts can win and make it two wins over the Buffalo Sabres. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And um, yeah, I think Casey, you put it perfectly. If I, if I have to add one more, what I'll say is defensively I, I they have a lot of success when they push people to the outside and they make them take shots from the outside Andre Vasilevsky really does not like people up close to him up close in the net so yep. pushing people to the outside we saw that and they have a lot of success when they're able to do that Casey thank you, thank oh, you. Oh. and we have breaking news well we have news, guys. <laughs> this Justin, that sounds fun to say. Uh, forward Alex Barreboule has been reassigned to the Syracuse Crunch, which means Bellamar is probably currently with the team. So we should Great be news. seeing uh, Belly in the lineup tonight, which he is a contributing factor to that penalty kill if it comes down to it. But um, that's great because that just comes, puts them back in, in their chemistry, puts them back in what they have been working with for the past, well, all season. So it's nice to know that Belly can be back with his teammates um, for the start of this road trip. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, Casey, thank you so much for mentioning that and ha having the eye to see that. I love <laughs> I love me some uh, this just Giant in kind of Yes. Exactly. Uh, well, Bolts fans, be sure to follow us at Pucks and Bolts on Twitter for more breaking news just like that. Um, and also be sure to download and subscribe to Pucks and Bolts wherever you find your podcast. The best place to go, though, is the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, find Pucks and Bolts, and then turn on the auto download button. So anytime there's a new episode, it comes right to your phone waiting for you the latest and greatest in Tampa Bay Lightning hockey. We'll have it for you, plus fun mini-sodes and after-skates. The Lightning are on the road, but Casey and I are covering the team all week long, so be sure to follow along with us and download Pucks and Bolts wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can find me at Kaylee Mizell. She's Casey Hudson. You can find her at The Sports Case. That's K-A-S-E. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.